0: I I was attending the Grand Masquerade in New Orleans. At the time, I was organizational storyteller for underground theater and was meeting a ton of people in real life for the first time. One of those people was Josh Heath. At our two brief meeting, we discussed his ideas and plans for gaming. Over the next few years, I began following his stunning number of projects, including starting an RPG blog, publishing for the Storytellers Vault, and starting the high-level games convention. I'm consistently blown away by his ability to both produce content but make gaming better for everyone. So I think we should talk to him sometime. Ryan, Carrie, do you think we can get him? I I don't, but <laughs> just, just, <laughs> he just, is super busy. I He's mean, just, maybe yeah. maybe
1: if we're lucky. Maybe I don't know. Lucky? Let's
2: let's find out. The only way to find out is to roll for initiative.
0: Welcome to On a Roll, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between.
1: We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share.
2: And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to to have fun. 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 See, I did it that time. I know you Jason. did it that time. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, you're Ryan the Cummudgeon. I am the Ryan the Uh Joining
0: me, as always, is Carrie the Legend. I am the Legend. And of course, Jason, uh, the favorite, and also the one who likes Pepsi the least. That is true.
1: Why are you drinking all my Pepsi? Uh,
0: because it's free. It's like beer. Okay, free fair. beer is the best beer. Fair. <laughs> All right,
2: well, we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. You can also find us at iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you get your um, podcasts podcasts at. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at
0: honorrollpodcast and, of course, on Facebook. Where's that at, Jason? Facebook.com, groups, honorrollpodcast. There's There's slashes in there. There's slashes in there. (laughs) Yeah, facebook.com
3: slash groups
0: slash honorrollpodcast. You can also send us an email at hosts
2: at honorrollpodcast.com. That's H-O-S-T-S. Uh, and, of course, we are on Patreon. So before we get into the game and let's get a report on our Patreon
0: backers.
1: Okay. So, we have a new patron. Oh. I'm so excited. Uh, Ryan Martin. Yeah,
0: has, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he is
1: very, very awesome. And uh, He's okay. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, mm. we, we, we'll, we'll keep him.
0: He's got the fluffiest hair. He does have fluffy <laughs> he does have <laughs> yeah. hair. He pretty hair. He's so mm. beautiful. Mm. <laughs> just there. Okay. The rest of him so, just okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's super exciting. So yeah. welcome
0: aboard, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry
1: sorry, yeah. yeah. Run. Oh,
0: and that thing you asked me about, yeah, I'm still sorry for that. Awesome. Well who else do we have?
1: We have three patrons that are at our wizard level. Wow. So we've got Ryan. Right. And then That's
0: officially your call out, Ryan.
1: There we go. There's your yeah. Well you you got the welcome to the patrons. That's true that's as true. well.
0: So who's the other one?
1: one? Um the other one is Cameron. Cameron? Cameron? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. still and hanging on. Yeah, right? He's, he's, we he's
0: appreciate so you, Cameron.
1: Done. Do you know Excellent. what
2: impresses... The thing that impresses me most about Cameron Pruitt is that his uh, card clears every
0: month. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And we have and, one other, too. Who's the other one? Lost Colonies. Joe, yes. you're doing a great job with your stuff. We appreciate I, you. Oh, I
1: wish I was closer. Yeah, like I definitely all, would all drive the stuff to... He posts, yeah. I'm always like, I want to go play yeah, It yeah.
0: sounds like a lot of fun. Lost
2: Colonies LARP looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you want a shout-out, we'd love to give you one, and you can get... Yeah, a shout out, simply by helping us keep this show on the air by becoming a patron. And again, you can do that at patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. So combat we, rounds when last we left oh. our intrepid adventurers. I always get those out of order. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We were sitting around this table, this very right table. That's a lie. Yeah, we weren't sitting around this table. We were sitting around a different table at Dicehead Games and Comics here in Cleveland, Tennessee. That's
0: right. For free RPG day. That was yeah. a lot of fun. It was, it
2: was super fun. fun. And again, big shout out to Chad and Shane and Mel and everybody there for letting us come out and
0: invade their space for a few hours. Absolutely, yeah. They mm-hmm. gave it one of their tables for us. That was awesome. Yeah, I we, it. we got to play some Dungeons & Dragons. Well, you got to play some Dungeons & Dragons. Me and Carrie had to feed kids instead. Oh, you didn't have to feed them. That's true. That's yeah, true. Well, you know. They
2: would have
1: survived. Whatever. They I got, would I got have to survive. <laughs> I got to read that awesome. Uh, oh, the adventure, the Goblin Adventure. Oh, that's I, so I, good.
2: Oh, it was so good. We to need read. to go back and get all of them that's, and run that yeah. sometime. The Dungeons and Dragons free, or no? It's is it Pathfinder? It's Pathfinder. Yeah. Pathfinder's free RPG day is uh, an adventure where you play goblins.
1: Yeah, yes. and apparently for like the past five years, that's what it's been.
2: That's why this was. We be we'd be five. five upper goblins yeah, upper goblins. yeah it,
1: was, it was very fun <laughs> it's
2: though. very
0: clever that's, yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah. all right uh, so what have you guys been up to jason what have you been doing mostly reading those uh, free rpg day supplements and let me tell you they were a lot of fun my yeah. son is interested in running the dungeon crawl classics one really yeah either that or tunnels and trolls he wants to run something that he can do quick and simply that has a built-in adventure sure and sure. so we, we yeah. hopefully we'll do that sometime soon nice yeah. Right. What about you, Carrie?
1: Oh, I'm I've, I've super busy. Um, I've been working on the, my art, the coloring book. Oh, I'm so excited. Right. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of stuff with the superhero mush sure, that I yes. help run. Uh, we had a plot where people, if they wanted to participate, they could do a power switch for a week.
0: Ooh. Like so change their
2: superhero power? Some weird,
1: you know, the stars all aligned and. Suddenly, you're not you're not able to fly, but you can shoot fire out of your eyes. You did know, it, it take place
0: did. on a Friday because it should have? It usually you yeah. because the, it
2: should have been a freaky Friday. The thing I love most about gaming is that like role playing game plots always sound so stupid oh, when you talk that. about them outside yeah. of game. But like, if oh, you're I there, promise it was yeah. fun. <laughs> uh. It's like. A lot of movie plots are that way too. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: what if I built a theme park filled with dinosaurs and it went bad? Yeah. Huh. Of
1: course it's going to go bad. <laughs> What's wrong with you?
0: So we, they're like, but we got Jeff Goldblum. You're like, yes. We're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, one of, One of our, the three of us, our players is moving. So we had a, a going away gathering for yeah. Her, uh yeah i just want to f- give a shout out to amanda that we love you very much and we're gonna miss you
2: have Here. a good time in memphis yeah that's right and if you don't have a good time in memphis don't Come. tell us i want to know about it just <laughs> pretend you're happy <laughs> just, just move back yeah. to cleveland we're just gonna go. yeah. we like to imagine that you're happy yeah. even if if you're not
1: there we go um
2: xanax is your friend
1: Um, I have a giant pile That's how I stay happy Believe me this podcast
0: is not bringing me happiness (laughs) (laughs) Only because you're the person Who has to do all the work And we just talk for an hour Where are my pills Oh goodness
1: (laughs) Um, we have before us, uh, laid out all over the table is our, our thank you card postcards have come in. So we're signing those and getting those ready to send out to, to our to Patreon
0: backers who, yeah. who get them. So you that's them. exciting. Yeah. I, I love the fact that your signature is a spiral with an <laughs> arrow pointing down <laughs>
1: well, just, or know. wait,
0: is that a CV? It's a CV. But okay. You know. I like it. And, yeah. Or,
1: or it also kind of looks like an arrow. Just yes, a, it's yes, a bent a, arrow. yes. It's a bit arrow. It's a broken
0: arrow. Broken. Nobody can see what you're talking about. No, no, but they, <laughs> if they if they back us, they can see what I'm talking about.
1: Oh, yeah, there you there go. go. Yeah.
0: Patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever think we're shoving that down your throat. Think that we're desperate to get out of our day jobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What have you been up
2: to? Uh, well, you know, I'm still working with Ashley on the gumbelts, mm-hmm. and we have uh, fully solved baggage at this point. We are breaking it into... To four parts: uh, belief and bonds, and trust, and faults, and it's. Instant- Is it still good and bad in each one? No, not quite, but uh, but a little bit. Like okay. you know, like like trust. I trusted my weapon. That can be good and bad.
0: That's
4: you know, true. Stuff like that. I trusted that. my so weapon.
0: You're like I trusted my weapon and it failed
2: yeah nice going so anyway so we're we're, we're flushing all of that stuff out but it's good and I think that we're going to be building towards uh, being able to do a play test again really really quick
0: awesome so we're excited I'm looking forward
2: to that yeah alright well let's go ahead and uh, move to combat rounds <laughs> Combat
0: rounds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we the weirdest thing happened is we rolled for initiative and we went into combat rounds, and suddenly there was an extra character in the room, and it happens to actually be
0: Josh Heath.
3: What? Yeah. Yay! Yeah. How's it (laughs) been doing?
0: Good. Good. How's it going over there?
3: Uh, it's going pretty well. I'm hanging out in my car doing this recording, so it's all good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you coming out all the way to the Real Fun Studios in your car. In your car, yeah.
1: Real <laughs> Fun Studios is wherever your heart
2: is. That's right. There you go. Well, I- so, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh? Uh, you know, who are you, and uh, why? Why would we want to talk to you? Who
3: are you? <laughs> I'm not sure why you guys want to talk to me, but a little bit about who I am. Uh, I'm, um, I'm a long-term gamer, first-time caller. <laughs> um, I've been doing tabletop and LARP for 20-plus years. I don't know exactly how many at this point, but um, big um, in the World of Darkness community for years. Um, I LARPed World of Darkness, ran LARPs in World of Darkness for about 10 years, and then I took a ten-year break from LARP while I went in the army and then school, grad school, and everything. And now I run two gaming-related companies. I run, um, keep on the Heathlands and reach out role-playing games and uh, and high-level games. So that's a little bit about the, like in general, the stuff uh, stuff that I do.
2: What games do you currently play? Is it is it pretty much World of Darkness?
3: I play a lot of World of Darkness games or a lot of games created by White Wolf. So I'm prepping a Scion game at the moment.
0: Oh wow! Um,
3: Pugmire, but I also uh, I'm big into you know Dungeons and Dragons. Fifth edition is kind of what we're playing at the moment. But um, I really got into D and in, D in 3.0 and 3.5, so I've got a lot of love for those. And then there's lots of like other little random things that I'm happy to play. Like I like Tune. You know, if someone's into <laughs> toon. A toon game, I think that's a lot of fun.
0: I've, I've never gotten to play Tune. I hear it's really fun. <laughs>
3: It's a ton of fun. It's, oh, just the, it's weird. It's the weirdest game you'll ever play in your life. That and sounds... I used to play a lot of Fudge. The guy that created Fudge, which is the backbone to fate. Yeah? He, uh, he was uh, a professor at the university gaming club that I used to hang out at.
0: Oh, wow.
2: That's cool.
1: I don't, I don't know what Fudge is, and coming right off of Tune, I got real excited.
2: <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, that's not the same. Okay. Yeah. I thought someone was actually serving us chocolate Fudge. Yeah. yeah I know. That's... And I got excited. So, what was the very first role-playing game you ever played?
3: That's a hard question to answer, and um, <laughs> it's not because I'm trying to like not answer it. I, I just I actually don't remember I, if it was D and D or if it was my uh, or if it was Robotech. Because Robo-tash. both
0: great choices. I assumed yeah. it was something really embarrassing you didn't want to talk about.
3: No, no. <laughs> Robotech was the first one I remember playing. Yeah. But I also know I had the D&D uh, basic Redbox. Oh, wow. But I don't wow. know if I ever actually played it. Yeah. Right. So it's hard to say.
0: Okay, cool. Hey, uh, give us a real quick this one time at Game Story, like your best gaming story. Or worst. Or worst. Yeah.
3: I was running a Wild West LARP. Which is it Ryan's was, favorite. Yeah. It was multi-genre, and we had a Macole and um, a character that was a Makolé kinfolk. And they were both Hamids, and uh, she ended up giving birth to an egg. Oh. And we kind of, like, went back and forth with this story. Um, And looking back on it, I probably wouldn't have run it that way again, but at the time she was really, really... uh, the, The player was totally into it and thought it was a really interesting twist to the story... Um, but yeah, I had a, a player birth an egg during one of my LARPs. That uh, sounds really the, cool. The weirdest story. I, and
0: the best omelet. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I have oh. had, I've had a lot
2: of players have a cow. Literally. But
0: I've Literally. Play, have, have egg. <laughs> oh. We need to get Josh to run something from us. It sounds excellent. <laughs> It'd be very exciting. Uh, uh, did you just poach that joke? No. Uh, <laughs> We've scrambled up this intro long enough. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about um, uh, Keep on the Heathlands.
3: Anything else.
0: His <laughs> amazing uh, blog.
3: Thank you. So Keep on the Heathlands, actually, I think I can thank Jason for the name. So thank you, Jason.
0: I, well, I know that we suggested like a dozen of them. I appreciate that. I, I couldn't remember if I was the one to come up with the exact thing or not.
3: It was really close. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually saw the, the Facebook reminder thing a, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was close. Yours was the closest to what I ended up choosing. Which...
0: Well, I love the name, and not just because I helped come up with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and the name is – you know it's, it's, it incorporates my name. It incorporates a, a reference to old-school D&D. Um, and the idea of Keep on the Heathlands is to, uh, try and, you know, try to find opportunities to dive deep into concepts of inclusivity and diversity in gaming and be open to getting more people that don't have a chance to write for RPGs or write, um, about them enough to get a chance to do so. So that was the original goal and it's been kind of up and down, but that's, um, that was the basic focus of it.
0: Well, I want to say I appreciate the fact that you published a couple of articles that I've written, but also that I've seen articles that have been written by people who've never written anything before, and you've managed to uh, turn them into good good content. It's uh, It's been really cool.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't want to brag, but at least two of the people that have written for Keep on the Heathlands are now writing role-playing games wow. as freelancers, and I was the first person to pay them. So I feel good about doing that at least.
0: I do do want to bring that up that uh, there's so much out there on the web where people want you to create content for them, but they don't want to give you any money for it. And you've made a point since almost the very beginning to give at least something, at least a token payment. And that means a lot because you're saying your content is valuable and I'm willing to pay for it.
2: Yeah. I read your I th- article, and I feel like we're all paying for
3: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's something important to do, and I, I can't afford to do it a lot. We don't make a lot of revenue from the site, but uh, if someone has something that they put labor into, I think they deserve to get paid for their labor.
0: Yes, absolutely. What el- What kind of articles have you published lately?
3: Honestly, we haven't put up a lot recently, and that's mostly because I've been doing a lot of other work. Um, and that's kept me from being able to do any editing. I've got two articles from um, from a gentleman called Scott Vigil, who's uh, affiliated with The Wrecking Crew. Um, and he's a great guy. And I just haven't had the chance to actually sit down and edit that uh, those two articles. But uh, they will get posted at some point if okay. Scott's listening to this.
0: Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, tell us about some of your work on The Storyteller Vault.
3: I've got 19... RPG products out on the Storyteller's Vault now. Goodness. Or, right. or it will be 19 whenever Werewolf opens up, which should be soon. Right. But, but um, I've been pretty much on there since day one. You know, Storyteller's Vault um, opened and I had a product out like day seven or eight.
2: So tell us, what is Storyteller's Vault?
3: The Storyteller's Vault is a community content creation uh, for White Wolf Games. Um, So, White Wolf saw what was going on with the DMs Guild, and they knew, I think, that there's a benefit um, to getting the community engaged in creating things that they've always wanted to have out there. Um, And the Storyteller's Vault allows you to write what you know. It allows you to say, hey, I'm from Boise, Idaho, and I want to make Boise by night. Right. And if that's your thing, cool. Then sit down, put it together. Put it out there, and if other people want that, and they think there's something valuable in that product, they'll be able to purchase it and be able to play it. Um, It also gives you an opportunity that to be seen uh, by other companies, by RPG companies, because if you're putting work out there, and then they can look at it and go, "Oh wait, I know what you're writing and why you're writing and what the value of it is," because I can spend a dollar or two and get a copy of it. Um, It gives you that opportunity to kind of break into the scene, basically.
2: And this is all done through drive-through RPG, correct?
3: It is, yeah. They're all um, run by one bookstore.
0: Can you give us a little bit of nuts and bolts about creating and submitting an article, or not article, I should say, but a product?
3: I'll tell you my story to, to contextualize some of this. Yeah, little absolutely. Um, I am not a graphic designer. I know absolutely. Uh, I've learned a lot in the last however long year that the Storytellers Vault has been open. Let me like. Go back even further. So White Wolf puts out these, um, these templates for the different game lines. And they say, okay, if you want to write a second edition vampire book, you can do so. Here is um, our suggestions on what sort of content was appropriate for second edition. And here are templates for either Word or InDesign, uh, Adobe InDesign that allow you to take everything you've written, put it into that template, and have it look like a book that White Wolf would have published.
2: And you said that this is something that it's not just White Wolf, though. Like, you could do this with Dungeons & Dragons in the, what's it called? Yeah, the DM's Guild. The DM's Guild. And it's the same thing through DriveThruRPG, except it's with Riz- Wizards of the Coast.
3: Yeah, there are some differences. Um, the biggest difference being that, uh, that Wizards of the Coast doesn't offer really good templates. They they kind of expect you to figure out how to make something that looks like a real product yourself. And White Wolf from the beginning was like, hey, we're going to give you absolutely everything you need to, to make something that looks like one of our books.
0: Right. Don't you get access to a lot of their art too?
3: Yeah. So they have, I, I want to count it, but I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's 15 or 18 Somewhere between 15 and 20 art packs from all the various vampire bo- like eras that they've released, and you can use any of the art from those. And is that free? It's completely free.
2: Now you can. One of the other aspects of the Storyteller's Vault is that if you're an artist and you are not a game developer or you. You aren't going to create Boise by night, but you've drawn a bunch of pictures of vampires hanging out in Boise, <laughs> right? You can, one does. As an artist, you can actually put up your own art pack that others can buy to use in their storyteller vault. Is that
3: correct? Yeah, that's right. And honestly, like my biggest investment on the vault has been in art because people will put up an art pack and invariably I've purchased it. so
0: the beauty of that is we've got a community that's both making the art and and the the stories and the the games it sounds amazing
3: yeah it's a great community uh too because everybody wants to help one another there's a storyteller's vault group and you know i've people will go on there and ask a question like how do i make this word template do x y and z and uh I personally don't like the word templates because I think they're really hard to use, which is crazy because I went and got into design and I find that easier. But um, it takes a little bit more, it takes a little bit more like Googling to figure out InDesign. But once you do, you get a much better looking book. But there's a great community of people trying to make these books and, and help everybody and market everything for people. And you know, just really build a community around it.
2: So how does someone get started? Let's say I'm sitting here in Boise, Idaho. None of us are in Boise, Idaho. Why did that become our sample? <laughs> it's weird that,
1: because that, I that do know a person
0: example. who lives near there.
1: Are they listening to this podcast?
0: No, I've tried to get them to and they and won't. So <laughs> we're, we, we're broadcasting this, this
2: podcast out of Cleveland, Tennessee. So let's say I want to do Cleveland, Tennessee by
0: night. How do I get started?
3: The first thing I'm going to tell you to do is write up your whole book.
0: <laughs> Before I download templates or anything?
3: Right. Before you do anything else, write your book.
2: Yeah. When you say write your own book, should I pull out an old blank by night book and use that as a general loose sort of structure template?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. So um, what? let me contextualize this through one of the books that I wrote.
2: So- yeah, w- walk us through the process.
3: Yeah. So I early on I wanted to write a new version of Dark Colony, and I said, and which Dark Colony is the uh, first edition, uh, New England region book.
1: Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: A- and uh, I'm going to say this really harshly: it's terrible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's you know what every every single role playing game company of every single role playing game any of us have ever loved. There's a book that's not so good So yeah. I think it's okay and to say that I mean, you know, usually it's gypsies When we're talking about White Wolf <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but but yeah, in, the, in first ed That was probably Probably the worst book they put out
3: Yeah um, that's, That said, I was like You know what, I'm from New England I'm from New Hampshire My whole family's been in New England since 1636 uh, I would like to take a shot At writing something that looks at the history a little bit more effectively, builds some stories that are really interesting. And so I took the book, and I actually sat down and I said, okay, from uh, from a organizational standpoint, what does this book have to have? And I looked through Dark, Dark Colony, and I made my own outline. And then from there, I started writing the things into the outline that I thought would need to be in the book. All and right. then I got sidetracked, and downloaded all the templates because I got super excited, and started working on other stuff that was a lot quicker to make. Sure. But um, <laughs> but that outline process, I think you're right. Using one of the old by-night books to do that is a really really good idea because it gives you the the formula basically to follow.
2: Right. You you write your book, and then and then you go to Drive Through RPG and you open up the section for the storyteller's vault.
3: So you. Go to storytellersvault.com. You go there, and then you get confused because you're not quite sure where on the site to find the resources that you need. But on the <laughs> oh, left-hand where? side, there's a button that says SV Vault or SV – yeah, they SV Vault. Um, I think it says resources. And you go there, and then you've got all your templates, all the art packs, everything like that that you can download for free. Okay. It's pretty cool. But with that, you've got to decide what edition you want to to write for.
2: Because they all had different backgrounds and
3: layout and design. Most people are writing for V twenty. Sure. It's the the latest you know system. It makes the most sense. The most people are going to probably be playing that. Right. And if you're running revised or you're running second ed, you can use a V twenty book and not feel like you're losing anything usually. So you go to like the the fourth edition templates. You download those and then you kind of mess around with those to put everything you've got into them, basically.
0: That sounds, uh, you make it sound easy.
3: I know, let's go do it right now, guys. Right
0: now, right now. <laughs> so your book is finished. You
2: Congratulations. Uplo- you upload it to the Storyteller's Vault. Yep. And then uh, do you have to pay White
3: Wolf because you used all of their stuff? You do. Okay. So they get 50%. And you get fifty percent.
2: So you can price it at
3: whatever dollar amount you want, within reason. Correct. And you can price it at whatever dollar amount you want. Period. Oh, okay. You know, if you make a, a two-page book and you want to try to sell it for three hundred dollars,
0: more power to you.
3: Well, but to be it's fair,
2: true. if you write a two-page book and you sell it for three hundred dollars, you only have to sell one copy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, remember you're getting one hundred and fifty of that,
2: right? So, so you have to right. sell two. Yes. Now, my let me on that on that note. You know what is
3: the what is the rates
2: like? Uh,
3: the first, I want to say the first like thirty or forty products on the vault were underpriced. Okay. They were much bigger than they could have been, and people were selling them for much less than they should have. Um, so, like,
2: here's this. Hundred-page book and it's like three dollars.
3: Yeah, there are a couple of those. Okay. And uh, honestly, my marker and the suggestion that um, the folks at White Wolf have given others sense um, is a dollar for every ten page, every ten pages.
0: Oh, that's a good guideline. I like that. All right.
3: So I'm gonna do it. Like, ten thousand pages. It depends. <laughs> From there, there's there's layers to it. But like, if you're writing character sheets those are probably going to be less, less value for those than content. Right. Like if you're writing about like the city streets of a particular place, that's probably worth that dollar to 10 page ratio.
0: Right.
3: It's a lot more text. It's a lot more text and it's a lot more work too.
0: The denser the content, like, the more it's worth. Exactly. Okay. I'm super dense.
2: So when, when you have your book up there and you decide your price and you set it up, um, is it PDF only Or am I able to print on demand
3: At the moment It's only PDF Okay. Um, that said uh, I think people Harass the folks That uh, drive through about Two times a day Asking when there's going to be print on demand options Sure. And they want To they make those happen The biggest issue is that most people don't know How to make a book that ends up getting printed
2: Right. There are definitely actual design mechanics that are required to
3: fit things on a page. Yeah. And it's easier to make a PDF than it is to make something that prints and looks worthwhile.
2: Absolutely. So tell us about uh, some of the stuff that you've created for Storyteller's Vault.
3: Is there one you're particularly proud of? Uh, There's lots of them that I'm super proud of, but... um, Nineteen, I, in fact. <laughs> we, yeah. let's, let's say, <laughs> what
0: What do you want to plug um, right now?
3: Okay, in that case, let me plug Dark New England. Right, I like, did that book. That's uh, two hundred and fifty two, two hundred fifty six, so two hundred and some odd, two hundred fifty some odd pages. So that's like a full supplement.
0: People. That's bigger than a clan book. Yeah, that um, sounds awesome.
3: And I, I basically went through about five thousand words for each state. And then NPCs for each state, um, and then I focused a lot on uh, on Native American content, and I actually ended up working with a Native American writer, uh, Lisa Elwood, who wanted to. Who, who, she and I created three clans of vampires that are uh, that were indigenous to America, indigenous to the Northeast, and have been hiding amongst the uh, the Sabbat and the Camarilla and the Anarchs of New England for the last couple of hundred years.
0: Wow, that sounds like a great game right there.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that the largest book that you've written for it?
3: It is, yeah. That's the largest one so far. Most of the things I've created have been pretty small. Like, I wrote a bunch of small adventures. Um, I, we actually have a whole series of what we call one-page adventures. Okay. Which are one page of, of like... Story launching material, enough to, like, give you the hook. Like, it's effectively a bigger story hook. It's like the first game you run, and that could turn into a chronicle from that.
0: Oh, I and love we've that. we've got
3: seven of those, I think. A Dark Ages one, a Victorian age, and five uh, modern era ones, which are all set in New England, which was kind of a tease that we were going to be writing a, a New England. The only downside to the storyteller's vault is that everything is listed as if it was published by White Wolf. Right. Which is fine, but it's not 100% accurate. Sure.
2: So does White Wolf own the content that you create? No. How does that work then? (laughs) You (laughs) said that like it was more complicated than that.
3: (laughs) It's. To be honest, the rules for what you can and can't do on the Storytellers Vault are really odd. Um, I don't, I can't get into, like, all of it because I don't... It's odd how it's written, and it's odd how some of it gets clarified over time. But as I understand it, we own all of our content, but to sell it, we are using White Wolf's IP.
2: So the only so, way you can possibly sell it is is there because it is not an open game license.
3: Exactly. Okay. Um, That's fair. Yeah. And, and that was my thought process on it too. My business partner was like, is this something we really want to get into because we wouldn't have the ability to print and everything? And I said, it's still going to be good for making some money and doing something that I love. So why would you stop me? And you're also getting your name out there. Exactly. Yeah.
2: It sounds like you're a pretty prolific uh, Storyteller Vault contributor. Are there others who've contributed more? Are you like, would you say that, I mean, 19 sounds like a lot of books, especially in a year. Right. Are, are, are you yeah. kind of, do you think you're at the higher end of, of quantity?
3: I think so. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think back on who's got stuff on there. There might be one or two other people that are close but I'd say I've probably got the most stuff. But most of those, to be fair, are what we call our, our Beckett's uh, Vampire Folios. Right. Which are uh, a companion thing to Beckett's Jihad Diary. Oh, And yeah. those are really just character sheet books. Okay. And we're going chapter by chapter and, make, and taking all the character names down and looking up the stats for them and updating them and or completely making up stats for people that are just – Mentioned for the first time in that book. Right. All
0: right. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun.
3: It's a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you you've got all these products up there, and you, you're you're able to sell them, and you split. You know, you're splitting the money with with White Wolf. So, is this the kind of thing that one can expect to make uh, a living by, or is this just like a, you know, if you play your cards right and write good product? Uh, it, you know, you can buy dinner a couple of times a year or something. What, if someone wants to get into the storyteller's vault, what would you say? their kind of, their realistic expectations should be.
3: You're not going to make enough to live on. <laughs> on
0: right. You don't know how little I can live on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> to well,
0: to be fair. Actually, I think it's pretty
2: little.
3: <laughs> you are a rat can. Maybe you can survive on the money you make on the storyteller's vault. Right. But, um, Honestly, um, let me put it in perspective this way. The RPG industry as a whole was $45 million last yeah. year. And that's the, the largest it has really ever been. Right.
2: And like um, 45 and million of that was Dungeons and Dragons fifth
0: ed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. It sounds like so, a big number, but that's the entire industry.
3: Exactly. You know, and,
0: and it's the biggest industry, that number has ever been. Yeah.
3: Right. So uh, you're not going – if you're getting into RPGs to, to make money, you need to go get a job. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be
0: fair, almost everybody I know that publishes RPGs that I know personally, there's only a couple of them that they do it for a living, and yeah. that's it.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it's really hard as an industry to, to make it your career, and that's okay. Um, and I didn't get into writing RPGs because I wanted to do it. uh, being the only thing i wanted to do it was something i loved and it dovetailed to other things that i wanted to do in my life
0: so it's a crippling addiction just like the rest of us
3: exactly
0: (laughs) so you would say that it's it's if you're going to get into doing something
2: for storytellers vault uh that it's safe to expect that you may make a few bucks but uh it's not going to change your life exactly that's fair yeah now
1: It's not going to change your life financially. Like, a lot of people, like, having that prestige of saying,
0: I wrote something for White Wolf, that's important. Hey, I've been LARP famous before, and it's pretty great. There you go.
2: (laughs) You had mentioned that there are people that have worked for you, uh, worked on books for you for Storytellers Vault, that are now actually working in the industry, though, correct?
3: Both on Keep on the Heathlands and on stuff in the Storytellers Vault. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah. So... I mean, honestly, the reason... uh, So I just – I can say a couple of things. I'm working freelance for Onyx Path, and I have some other things coming up um, that really the only reason I'm getting these jobs is because I I wrote good enough content on the Storyteller's Vault for people to say, oh, this guy actually can write. He writes good stuff. He writes interesting stuff. So it's a good way of breaking into the industry base.
0: Do you have anything else you want to bring up about the Vault or your products? We –
3: Yeah, um, Werewolf is coming out soon
0: Awesome, do you have something prepped for that?
3: I do I have a Wild West adventure that I wrote Called Welcome to Purgatory Yay! Very excited about Um, Is it W20? Werewolf is coming out in general
2: Are you you using W20?
3: I am, yeah um, I prefer the W20 set. It Just the, the rule system It's the cleanest of the werewolf systems That are out there Right, I agree
0: Well, can you tell us a little bit about it? Give us a teaser.
3: Um, Yeah, it's designed as a modular um, chronicle. Uh, You can put it anywhere you would like to within the U.S. Um, And I I didn't want it to be, like, set in a specific location. In case a storyteller was like, hey, something in Tennessee would be a little bit better for us, or California's fine, or Purgatory, Colorado, I want to put it in one of those places, which is... it. Uh gives more utility to it I think
0: Well, I like that you can uh, drop it right into your campaign wherever it's already set
3: exactly Okay. and uh, I use the idea of uh, Banes and other spirits being corrupted by each other so I'll tease this there's a spirit of a mine that has become an amalgamation of a weaver worm and wild spirit um, all kind of crunch together and that has a certain impact on the area
0: Okay, Very cool. That sounds like a fun right. Wild West adventure. It, you might not know this, but we all have a soft spot for it. In fact, the banner for our personal Facebook page that we use to plan these is the picture of us at a uh, Wild West game. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always That's felt awesome. like Werewolf Werewolf Wild West
2: was the best setting White Wolf uh, ever did, just my opinion, as far as
3: the vampires
2: and the werewolves and all of that, all of the classic World of Darkness. So.
3: Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of it myself. I'm, obviously, I ran a a, LARP, a Wild West LARP at one point.
0: And you need and to drive down here and run another one. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: would you, love to.
0: Yeah, Man. We'll call it Silver Rush. <laughs> that
2: was the name of our game. <laughs> My last question about, about Storytellers Vault is, what is the gateway like concerning quality of work? And specifically, uh, can you talk a little bit to the idea that if anyone can post there, surely there's garbage?
3: Let me put it this way. Um, the advantage you have is that anybody that would like to put up something can do so. Okay. The, the disadvantage is that anybody can put up anything they want to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there is a lot of self-selection that happens really quickly. If if a book isn't particularly well-designed or uh, is missing some key elements that would really make it a useful product, reviews will tell you right away um, Ah. that it's probably not something you want to pick up. And people are are pretty brutally honest in their reviews. Um, And I think that's a good thing because it helps people get directed to content that's quality. Right.
0: Plus, if... If you're the right kind of author and you take that criticism to heart, you could probably improve
3: your work. Exactly. And we've had a couple of people do that, that honestly their first showing wasn't very good, but the second or third was great. And you can tell like they've even sometimes gone back to that first product and updated it and said, okay, these were my issues. I fixed them. Um, And there's so much community engagement that it's rare that something that's really, really bad stays there and doesn't get you know, kind of worked on in some way, shape, or form. That's awesome. Yeah. So
0: you're saying that if somebody writes something for it, they shouldn't be worried too much about the quality of their work. They should be more worried about producing work and getting better because they uh, will have the opportunity to get better.
3: Yeah, a little bit of both I'd say because you, you don't want to put something up that's a first draft.
0: Right. Obviously. I, you know, I should have been more clear. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, and I tell everybody, if you can get an editor, if you can afford an editor, get an editor. Because your work's going to make more money if it's edited well.
2: What can someone expect uh, to pay for an editor?
3: That's a good question. And it really depends on so many factors. You know, if um, if you're doing just copy editing, which um, which is just, you know, going through and making sure your grammar is right and everything you're probably gonna pay about a dollar a page
2: okay which,
3: which isn't too bad
2: no if you're making but a 50 page are, book and don't want to sound like like you're an idiot 50 bucks is pretty fair yeah
3: yeah right right it gets expensive when you are doing developmental editing like check that like that having
2: someone use. check your mechanics
3: it's a little bit of checking the mechanics it's checking the overall content it's It's looking at everything holistically and going, is this a product that people would buy? Okay. And the average rate I've seen for that is about $3 a page.
0: Is there anybody you'd like to plug for editing either copy or content?
3: Yeah, Tara Clapper is amazing. (laughs) We like Tara. if you don't go and hire her as an editor, (laughs) I will be very sad. You know
0: what? I've been seeing all of her posts about editing uh, game books. I imagine that some of those were yours.
3: Uh, just a couple of them, yeah. Just a couple? Okay. Um, she's, like, my go-to editor at this point because she does great work and she does great work quickly.
2: That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about High Level Games. Uh, tell us, first of all, what is what is your High Level Games company?
3: High Level Games is a company uh, based in Canada. It's based in Edmonton. Um, and I came on board about three or four months after they launched. And they initially launched as a podcast. Uh, with a theme of being a a game corporation doing game design. And then they decided to launch a website to support the podcast. And their goal was to have articles five days a week, 365. And um, I came on as a columnist to begin with. And I was just writing articles about RPGs. And probably about three months into that, I said, to Quinn who's my business partner. Now I said, "Hey, you need an editor because you need someone to take a look at these articles and make sure they're worth going up on our website." Um and he himself was doing all the editing at that point and it was too much work for him. So I started off as a blog editor and then I ended up becoming the blog manager and then as we gained more people and did more stuff I got promoted to chief operations officer. So high-level games at this point is about creating a community of gamers that are looking to level up their games. You know, do better, be better, and create a, a more open and welcoming environment in role-playing games in general.
2: Now, when you say that it's uh, your, the company's goal is to level up Their games. Did you steal that from us, (laughs) (laughs) or or did we steal that from you? Uh,
3: I think it was separate (laughs) creation.
2: you know the the truth is there are like probably a hundred different role playing game things that say that. So I don't really feel like anybody stole it from anybody. I think it's just an idea (laughs) that's out there but it's
0: funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that there's so many groups nowadays that are trying to engage with the fact that role playing is good, but it could be great. Yeah, and man. I appreciate your work towards that. One of the, one of the things we try to do
2: on our podcast subtly is that while we're talking about how to play better games and run better games, what we're really also trying to do is talk about how to have a better gaming community and it's it's sort of an indirect product of being better gamers and and I I love the fact that there are there are a lot of other organizations out there trying to do that.
3: I think it's essential. You know, if we want to build this into into something that impacts people's lives in a really positive way like it's impact of our lives, if we want to offer that opportunity to more people and have them gain something from role-playing games in general we need to make sure that we're as leveled up as we all can be as we're going through it all
2: so what sort of products does high-level games produce
3: high-level games is basically trying to get its hands in everything role-playing related in one form or another um we have uh, the the core podcast still we have leveling up which is the podcast that i run for hlg um we have the blog The blog still runs five days a week. We are running a convention, which we'll probably talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, We also are creating game products. Um, We started with a bunch of one-page adventures because it was kind of an easy thing to kind of figure out how this thing works. Um, And we're just publishing the last of those fantasy ones. And amidst all of that, I also was like, you know what? High-level games should get into Storytellers Vault content and that's why we got into making all of that stuff.
2: That's great. So tell us about the High Level Games Convention.
3: HLG Con is going to be running in October, October 12th through the 14th in Atlantic City. Um, It's gonna be in the Showboat Hotel and Resort, which is right on the boardwalk, and it's actually one of the oldest hotels in uh, Atlantic City that's still standing. Uh, Atlantic City, kind of like like, uh, Las Vegas, We'll would, would build things up and then destroy them and then rebuild them. Right. But um, the showboat's been there for 86 years. Um, and it's a weird hotel. It's the only good way to describe it. Um, what do you mean weird? It's designed, it was designed as a casino to begin with, but they've ripped all the casino elements out. So it's uh, still got casino themed stuff in it. And then you've got all these. Um, Um, like jazz themed rooms on the second floor. So they have what they used to be called the house of blues in there, which is a big um, music hall. And now it's called um, the Harlem ballroom, I think, or something like that. Um, And that's, you know, going to be having different music events and things like that. And then we have a couple of rooms upstairs with a convention called one called the foundation room, which is uh, a series of smaller spaces all around a really like um interesting nineteen twenties-ish style bar. Fine. So the bars in the center, and there are all these little side rooms off of it. Some of them like to have a Moroccan theme and some of them have an Indian theme, and there's some cultural appropriative issues there, but it's a really interesting space for a LARP, which is why we're running LARP in there.
0: Tell us about some of the games y'all are running.
3: We've got Tabletop. We've got a ton of different tabletop games. We're going to be running Vampire 5th Edition, which I'm the most personally excited about. Um, we're going to be running d and and Adventures League. We're going to have Pathfinder and Pathfinder Society games. We're going to be running Pathfinder 2nd Edition playtests. We're running Pathfinder 2nd Edition playtests. Um, we've got Chris Spivey, who wrote Harlem Unbound, for Call of Cthulhu and Trail of Cthulhu he's going to be one of our guests of honor and he's going to be running Harlem Unbound. Um, And so that's it for tabletop. And then we've got pandemonium, which is to use all the words that you guys have torn apart in the past, a blockbuster (laughs) bespoke uh, Nordic style. LARP. uh,
0: Is it transmedia?
3: No, we, it is not transmedia, so it's one thing uh, I couldn't add into it. We couldn't add that in, into it We need to
0: make this <laughs> transmedia.
2: <laughs> well, we're going to play in that game, and our characters are going to be recording a podcast on site called Honor Roll. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's transmedia.
3: <laughs> and it's going to be 1980s Halloween-themed.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I love it.
3: When I saw the whole style guide, and I've been like – I'm, I'm just the convention organizer, so I've been, like, involved in everything, but not, like, involved in it. So to see it all come together, I was really excited. We've got some good folks putting it together. And um, there are seven different LARP studios making that LARP, including Back, the Geek Initiative, Singing Ship Productions, Hanging Lantern... Peculiar Crossroads, Event Horizon.
2: So basically, this is mostly a gaming convention. You're going to have tabletop gaming and LARPing. Are you going to have uh, uh, like a vendor hall?
3: We are. So we've got uh, a vendor hall space. We're going to have some parties. We're going to have Magic the Gathering. Pretty much all the stuff you'd want to have at a convention, we're trying to have there in one form or another. That's
2: great. What about panels? Will you have any panels?
3: Yes, um, so when we initially saw the space, the space was, it's difficult for panels because it's all open. Okay. And um, after, like, going to the space a couple of times, we found some spots off the, um, off the old casino floor that are going to be perfect for panels. Okay. So there will be some panels there.
2: Can we, Can we come there and record our podcast as a panel?
3: Ye, maybe not as a panel. <laughs> you can definitely record your podcast. Um, one of the cool things is we've got um, the probably the best setup for um, like a, an actual play or um, or podcasting convention because the Wi-Fi is so good in there that you're going to be able to do that at any point with in theory, without any slowdown for anybody.
2: That's awesome. Well, maybe we could just do a panel on how to be a better gamer.
3: <laughs> well, that sounds like a good idea.
2: Yeah, well, listen, we are super, super thankful and glad that you were able to join us this afternoon. Uh, I know that you've got to run here because you're very popular. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's always working. Yeah. Is there is there anything else you want to say before we let you, let you head out of here?
3: I want to say thank you really seriously for having me on and for... Uh, the advice and support that um, that you guys have offered me, if people don't know, both Jason and Ryan have been wonderful. And Carrie, I haven't talked to you as much, but I think this podcast is great. Thanks. And I think that um, the support you guys have offered to me as I've been doing the stuff that I've been doing, it, it helps me keep going. So uh, I could be plugging my own stuff here, but I'd rather plug yours. Hey.
2: We well, appreciate you. You. that. So if folks want to learn more about a high-level games convention, where can they go?
3: They should go to HLGCon.com.
2: We are going, so get your makeup on, fix your hair up pretty, and meet us there. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what I did there? I, I did. You yeah. did? <laughs> It's time for game wrap. Uh, it was super cool having Josh here. I really appreciate that. What? Yeah,
0: He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. All
2: right. So for everybody listening real quick before we get out of here, as always, we want to remind you that we can be found at com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash podcast. And if you have an idea you want to send us, or if you just want to tell us that we suck, you can always reach out to us at hosts at podcastcom and of course lastly in there is you can always reach out to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast and if you give us enough money we might even uh, you know mention you on the show or we could do a roast of your character in some ways. So. I'm waiting for somebody to do the one
0: uh, Ron, did you leave your ringer on again
2: I didn't what, what, what is <laughs> okay. that
0: what is that can someone
2: is that a right. land where is it at that's the landline. somebody uh, want to get that yeah, hold on here I'll put it on speaker.
1: I like that our landline
0: has a speaker button. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello?
4: Hello. Who is this? Hello.
0: Hey, who is this?
4: This is Akido. Akido Asako.
0: Uh, your name is Asok? <laughs> Asako. Oh, okay. Asako. That that makes it better. That's way better.
4: You are a damn dirty gaijin.
0: Well, look, Asako.
4: Do you know who I am?
0: No. No. Who
4: are you? you? I am the Legend of the Five Rings.
0: You're the Legend of the Five Rings? You're you're,
1: you're the reason that that whole game exists?
4: There are many rings. I am five of them.
0: (laughs) <laughs> like five of 20, five of 100.
4: They are legendary.
0: Seven of nine. Wait, are the others
1: legendary or just your five?
4: I am five foot seven inches tall. <laughs> I have an average build. I'm not too muscular, but I'm also not too skinny.
0: That's great, like a, like a tennis player or something.
4: Uh, let me tell you about my hair.
0: Your hair? <laughs> your hair? I bet he has 20 minutes on his lips.
4: My hair is black.
0: Like the midnight sun?
4: I have a significant scar, I'll have you know. Well, where's it at? It's down the middle of my left hand.
0: That's not what I thought he was going to say. Yeah, but (laughs) how did that happen?
4: I don't have to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I am a courtier in the Phoenix clan.
0: You're a Cartesian?
4: I am an Asako lore master. I am a philosopher.
0: So (laughs) you're a philosopher in the Greek way?
4: i have many skills (laughs) i bet you do the most prominent of course are my fire ring and my air ring but you dirty gaijins may simply call them intelligence and reflexes
0: i've got a question how is a skill a ring isn't that just a thing you have
4: let me tell you about my frenemy
0: (laughs) (laughs) is her name bethany or something
4: (laughs) oh tiffany
0: it's gonna be tiffany if it's a frenemy right
4: her name is Enko. Enko. Asok. Enko. Okay. You are a dirty guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. She is a bushi.
1: Ah, oh God, I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> No, leave it, leave it, leave it.
4: She once broke her lifelong vow to fulfill the demands of arranged marriage to the Daimyo of the Scorpion Clan. What kind of game are you
0: playing? This sounds stinger-related.
4: She abandoned the party and the Phoenix clan, I will have you know.
0: Oh, never split the party. What kind of party was it, Asok. Oh, Hull?
4: Do you know where I am right now? On the phone? I am in the Imperial Palace of Rokugan, or wherever I've been buried, because I'm dead.
0: (laughs) Wait, you're you're a a dead courtesan?
4: (laughs) I... I died attempting to halt the scorpion clan
0: Daimyo from killing the emperor of Rokugan. So, the scorpion, was he mad because of the wedding breakup thing?
4: You are a damn dirty gaijin. You
0: know. <laughs> I get that a lot at work.
4: I once settled a centuries long dispute between the lion and crane clans.
0: That seems pretty simple. The lion would just eat a crane, right?
4: I told them a backhanded story that proved them both wrong.
0: A backhanded story?
4: It prevented a clan war. Oh, is that how you got the scar? You are a damn goody teacher. Then
0: yes. got a scar on the back of the middle of the back of his hand. Right, because he still not what backhanded. I thought he was going to say. <sighs> Can I tell you about my
4: greatest moment?
0: Oh, please. that's not what I thought you were going to say either. <laughs> please, please tell us. What's your biggest moment?
4: It was when my best friend broke her vow of celibacy. Enko was my best friend.
0: (laughs) So, uh. We were very close. I bet. I bet you were very close. Are you the big spoon?
4: She was going to marry someone from the Scorpion Clan Daimyo. And then she killed him. Oh.
0: So, is it your fault that they invaded and tried to kill the Emperor?
4: You are a damn dirty (laughs) Gaijin.
0: I think that's Rokugan for yes.
4: I am the kind of man who understands that yes means yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, good, good, yeah, good. good. You, we don't have to go over the unpermissible the, with you. Did you steal the bride of the Scorpion clan?
4: I will have you know I am a philosopher. Okay. No, not okay. Aikido. Asako.
0: Asako.
4: I am male. (laughs) Stop laughing at me, you damn dirty gaijin.
0: (laughs) Why are you making such a big point about that you're male?
4: Because I'm dead!
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) so sorry. Below the waist, maybe.
4: I don't have to take this from you people.
0: You can take it from anybody.
4: All of you people sound the same to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you damn dirty podcasters. Oh,
0: yeah. hey, now let's not get mean. We should shop this around to other podcasts to make fun of.
4: It is time for me to depart. Oh, well,
1: you've already departed if you're
4: dead. Dirty gaijin. <laughs> <That's->
1: <laughs> Can I ask real quickly why why you called us?
4: Because Cameron Pruitt gave you money on Patreon.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so he paid us to make fun of you? He did. <laughs> that bastard,
2: how dare he?
4: He is a damn dirty guy, <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> Goodbye.
0: Wow, that guy really didn't like you guys. No, he didn't. I get that a lot. I, I no. do appreciate you being extremely polite and not interrupting him at all. I didn't
2: want... You know what? It sounded like you two had that under control. <laughs> <and> I
0: didn't, <laughs> didn't want to interfere. It was weird, though, watching you hold the phone up the whole time and never talk. Somebody had to hold the phone. Somebody did have to hold the phone. I was worried if
2: if while I was holding the phone, if I had spoken, that it
0: I, I didn't want to interrupt him. Yes. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> mean, you do talk more than everybody else. I keep a little timer. Really? Yes. No XP for you this time. No XP for me. No. Oh, no! Wait. Uh,
2: Carrie, you get 20 XP for attendance. Thanks. Oh, for coming. wow. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Josh Heath actually is also going to get 100 XP for oh. for coming, and he also gets uh, 19 experience points. That's one experience point for each book he has published on the storytelling. Oh, fancy. Small okay. Time. Yeah, so there you go. So join <laughs> us next week for what? <laughs> to continue...
0: What? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) What? (laughs) At this point, he's getting weird.
2: (laughs) Join us next week when we talk about Josh Heath's newest contribution to the Storyteller Vault, the intergalactic source book Rage Across Uranus. Until ah. next time, I'm Ryan. I'm the Cromerjian. Joining us was Carrie the legend, Jason the favorite. Remember, the only way to win in an RPG is to have fun. Have fun Mm. raging across your head. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) All of the thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from incompetech.com. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.